And I'm welcoming and shouting out all the haters. Now, I'm not talking about mine, though they exist. If there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because because we're going to be raw and uncut. And now, it's Gabe Ramirez. Oh, you see the facial hair? This this little baby <laughs> facial hair is until the Bears win. And now, Anthony Heron. I need another Paw Patrol. Okay, I'm going to come turn yeah, it on in just yeah, a couple get, of moments, all right? Guy needs another Paw Patrol. I'm going to get some Give me like three minutes. I'm going to come turn on more Paw Patrol, okay? Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Back like we never left. Anthony Heron, Gabe Ramirez, all the way until 9 o'clock, hanging out here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. We are going to yeah. be getting into it, all the Bears stuff. I need to get my fix before I get out of town and, you know, going to L.A. this weekend to go watch. Oh, right. It's my right. family road You'll trip, so we out. We out. On the spot. But I've learned now doing six years of Bears Unleashed, if I want the money, I got to leave Saturday morning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I've learned right. that. So I'm out here Saturday morning. But then I, but then I, I, I'm a, you know, husbands understand this, you know, but then you, you, you do everything right for the weeks leading up to it because you, uh-huh. you, you remind her that you took an extra day on the other side. Yeah. So I'm Sunday to Tuesday, you know, Halloween weekend in Los Angeles. Nothing can go wrong there. Gonna be in the building, son. It's gonna be great. Be in the building, done, son. Um, but before we get to you know the Bears' upcoming opponent, and you and I, you know, we talked about the Raiders on Friday on Bears Unleashed with Cassie Carlson on Fox Thirty Two, and now we get a chance to react in real time right now. I mean, first, first, because there's three things I want to talk about that I think dominated the storylines of the game. It's Deontay Foreman, it's the Bears' defense, specifically Jalen Johnson, and of course the error-free performance of Tyson Bajan. Which of those three do you think stood out the most to you? So the the Bajan storyline is the most heartwarming one. It kind of tugs at everyone's emotions because you have this undrafted rookie quarterback who's out there playing well, being very impressive. Now, what stands out to me more and what I think is more impactful towards the Bears' future is the Jalen Johnson storyline is the the Bears star corner who, you know, certain metrics show how well he's played, you know, frankly, throughout his entire career, but then even specifically this season, you know, you see some of the numbers out there and really pro football focus is basically just a bunch of other folks evaluating film. Like we all just sit there and evaluate the film, but their opinions of how he's playing ends up ranking different guys based off different things. And so there's a number of services out there that also agree with how well he's playing uh, versus his counterparts there, whether it's his counterparts at receiver or by comparison to other corners around the league. And I've certainly felt like that throughout the career of Jalen Johnson. Even before Jalen Johnson became a Chicago Bear, I was singing his praises, calling his games at Utah back when he was in college. And now getting the opportunity to see him here in Chicago, he's lived up to everything I hoped he would be. But very similar to the Roquan Smith scenario from last year. You and I have talked about this a few different times. My concern getting to this point was that the the Bears and Jalen Johnson could in some ways end up at odds because last season's Roquan Smith example was a guy who was very obviously an elite level player at his position, but he didn't necessarily have the requisite stats and takeaways and, and things that the Bears, that this new coaching staff, this new defensive staff the new personnel department that they really valued. And so, for whatever reason, Roquan and the Bears, they decided to have a a conscious uncoupling. 
and Rokon was gone. What I was really struck by, Gabe, was the fact that I, I thought there was a few different bookends for the Bears. The quarterback position was one of them with Brian Hoyer, kind of the, the former Tyson Bajant of the Bears, basically, <laughs> and, and Tyson, him starting for the Raiders, Tyson Bajant starting for the Bears. But then, to me, the most prominent bookend, the one that really impacts the future of the franchise, this is a big decision Ryan Poles will have to make here as it relates to Jalen Johnson and how they go about trying to get him signed to a long-term deal and hopefully making that deal happen. But I bookend that in my mind with the last time the Bears had won a home game at Soldier Field happened to be the last big Roquan Smith performance at Soldier Field, back to last season against the Houston Texans, September 25th, the day after my birthday, September 25th, Hmm. 2022, Roquan Smith, 16 tackles, multiple tackles for loss, the game-clinching interception in a game that had limited offense, but the defensive stud on the field was obviously Roquan. He went out there, closed the show, and sealed the victory for the Bears, and then – not too long after that, he was no longer a member of the squad. And that was the last time the Bears won a game at Soldier Field. And now the biggest, most splashy performance that Jalen Johnson has had at Soldier Field. Let's hope it's not the last splash performance that he has there and that he and the Bears will reach some sort of an agreement on his long-term contract with the team. Uh, so, again, Tyson Bajan, uh, I think we're going to spend plenty of time talking about him over the next three hours. But the one that, to me, is more pivotal – for the future of the Bears is whether or not they're able to lock down one of the top corners in football. Yeah, I was glad that he was able to get his two interceptions, and I know he wants to get paid, and I, I love seeing people step up to the plate like that, right, where they're, they're put in a position and they're like, man, this is a great opportunity. That's why, you know, our clean energy player to watch, I picked Yannick mm. Ngakwe because I right. felt like it was an opportunity for anybody on the defense to step up. I picked Yannick Ngakwe, but it was anyone with that level of competition on the other side, right? With an unmotivated Devontae Adams, with an injured uh, Josh Jacobs, with a Brian Hoyer at, at under center and th- that then becomes Aiden O'Connell. It, it, that's your opportunity, right? Like nobody goes and looks back, back at the stats and is like, oh, no, this was against this back of quarterback, so we deduct points for you. It's like, no, they end up on the stat sheet at the end of the season. You know you got to pick six to help your team get a victory, which we know is difficult in the NFL. And he did just that. And I think he's just a good guy. He could be a great anchor to the team, right? You know, obviously, you know, his situation when they brought in these new, uh, these younger defensive backs, you know, he was still in limbo as to what was going to be happening. But you can, you can see where he could be that person. If he does get the, the check, right, he gets the bag for the, the next contract, now he becomes the anchor anchor if you move on from Eddie Jackson. Like, you got Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, right. I still rock with Jalen Johnson. And, like, he's the man. He plays hard. I want to play like that. And then that becomes now the bar for everyone that's not not only just playing defensive back for the Bears, but playing defense. And then you see it spilling over. Jaquan celebrating a guy like Tremaine Edmonds with the interception last week. And then, you know, who knows what that does to his confidence, but he sure did get another one this week. It's things like that. So for me, I love the storyline of that. But I got to be honest, Mm. for, for me, and you know I've been barking up this tree all year long, is Dante Foreman. Nah. The starting <laughs> running back, the, the, who should be the starting running back for the Chicago okay. Bears. Okay. It is Deontay Foreman. He's proved time and time again. Give me the ball. I'm going to make people pay. I'm going to make us look good. I'm going to move the chains. Why? Because he is a professional running back in the National Football League. It's, pro- league. it's proven. Mm. And I love what he's done over the last couple of weeks with minimal carries. I think it was like 14 last week or 15 last week, 16 this week. You know, he dropped his first pass. 
<laughs> I wish I want to live in this space for a second. Drops the first pass. Tyson Bajan comes up to him, and you know, you, and we know what he's saying to him. Keep your head up, baby. It's coming right. back your way. You already know. I'm gonna get, and, he, and he does talk like that because I heard him in the locker room. All <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay. I got you, so I got you, kid. We good, we good. We good, you already know. I'm going to throw his ball at you. You better be ready, baby. And then he gets the touchdown, the pass, and he's the first, like one of the first people there just ha- hyping him up. But I think Dante Foreman, to me, is is a, is a, is an underlying big story, like storyline two, but very big. Because I think when Khalil Herbert comes back, Dante Foreman's not slowing up. Mm. The only thing that's to slow him up is getting an injury, uh, getting an injury, right? So, but but I'm curious what you thought about Dante and, and his and his performance on Sunday and what it means to the to the pecking order of the the running back room for the Bears. He's he's intimidating as a runner, and that that style speaks to me. Maybe it's just my old school football sensibilities. Maybe it's being a defender and just knowing what I always felt like impacted the soul of a defense more. I mean, it's one thing when you can't catch a cat out in space. You're thinking like, all right, they, they maybe out-schemed us on that one, and they, they got him in the open field, and he's really fast. But it can demoralize a defense. When you got an offensive line pushing you around in the way the Bears O-line pushed around the Las Vegas Raiders, and when you got a running back where every time he gets the rock, you hear impact from Deontay Foreman. My old high school coach at Bolingbrook High School, Phil Acton, hey. the Silver Fox, they hey. call him. Yep, future Hall of Famer. Man, they, they just put his name on the, uh, on the football field at Bolingbrook High School. It's Phil Acton and John Ivlo Field. John Ivlo's the guy who ended up taking over from Phil Acton and leading Bolingbrook to a state championship for the first time. But the Silver Fox was the guy who launched the program and took us deep into the playoffs every year and was such a pivotal role and getting all these guys, including myself, off to playing college football. But Silver Fox used to tell us at all times, he used to say this, football is not a contact sport. Dancing is a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. And Mm. when Deontay Foreman gets the football, you hear collision after collision, car wreck after car wreck. You get tired of dealing with that as a tackler, especially (laughs) when the offensive line is blocking so well that he's getting up to the second level of the defense untouched. And so that's the the impact that Deontay Foreman can have, not just with the yards and extending drives and picking up short-yarded scenarios for first downs. All those things really matter a lot just to keep drives moving. But beyond that, he can demoralize a defense. You just get tired of running into that over and over again. You'll see guys start tapping out. And now, as a well-rounded, all-purpose sort of back, that's not his specialty. You know, he dropped that first football for a reason because his his hands are are somewhat suspect at times. Now, I think the advantage for him in evaluating him versus Khalil Herbert versus Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert isn't necessarily – we've talked a lot about Khalil Herbert, you and I, in the years he's been here. He's not – the most well-rounded all-purpose back either. Now, he's got a lot more slasher in him. He can make, you know, guys miss and get into the open field more frequently. Some of these runs where it feels like Deontay Foreman is just like a shoelace away from getting into the open field for a bigger game, those are runs that Khalil Herbert would have likely been able to turn into bigger gains. That's not Deontay Foreman's specialty. He's like, oh, he almost had a bigger gain. But what he gets, he gets with authority. And there's something to be said for that. So I'm not ready to say that, you know, when Khalil Herbert is back and healthy, that Deontay Foreman would start over him. But I will say by comparison, there, there's a, a demoralization that Deontay Foreman, that, that impact, that effect he can have on the opposing defense, that matters. 
And Roshan Johnson is kind of a combination of both guys, mm. really. Now, we haven't seen as many touches from Roshan Johnson yet, but you can tell that there's a, there's a lot of – he's explosive in multiple ways. He appears to have explosive power, and he seems to have fairly explosive bursts. When he gets the football, you see him get to top gear really quickly. Now, Lawrence was asking me on Monday when I was on Bernstein and Holmes about whatever level of concern I might have for the fact that Roshan Johnson has still been in concussion protocol and missed multiple games here. I'm not, I'm not drastically worried yet, but it is something to monitor. I think we're at the point where he's missed multiple games and it's worthy of monitoring what that means moving forward, how long he may be out. But, it, you know, a couple of weeks, a concussion, some caution because he's a guy who's going to lower his head on impact. He's going to use it like a battering ram. And I don't know his concussion history in the past, but what I do know is Deontay Foreman is healthy, and when he gets the football, he runs hungry. He runs like a guy who hadn't been fed in a while, and he wants to make sure that he's getting every ounce out of every touch that he gets. And that's who he's been at every stop of his career so far. He was that in Tennessee with the Titans when Derrick Henry got hurt. He was that last season in Carolina when Christian McCaffrey went to another team. And now, after some injury, he's getting that opportunity again this season in Chicago. And we, we see a guy who just takes every carry like it's his last and that the team seems to feed off of that. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score, and we're going to continue the Bears conversation, figure out you know where they stand in this bottom-dwelling NFL, uh, I don't even know, purgatory they're in right now. <laughs> when we get to talk to Adam Rank about that, who's going to be joining us next, he's an NFL analyst. So he's going to be talking to us about the Bears, and what does he think about the NFL landscape? Who's at the top right now in his pecking order? We find out next. Adam Rank joins us. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. What we liked most about it was, you know, was I think it was nine different targets that he had uh, with our football uh, team and putting it to the skill. So we want to definitely continue to do that, you know, and that was really positive. Um, you know, again, you can win a lot of different ways, you know, and every week's different. And uh, you, we'll find a way, you know, to, uh, you know, during the next couple of days, what's going to work this week. You know, we'll keep working at it. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Matt Eberflus right there talking about Tyson Bajan and his contributions to the Bears' victory. They defeat the Las Vegas Raiders 30-12. to And we get to chat a little bit more about it. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. And right now, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's the NFL analyst with the NFL Network, also host of the Sick Podcast. Of course, we're talking about our good friend Adam Rank. Adam First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, no, I appreciate it. And by the way, Circa also has that Circa swim. But if you've never experienced it, you got to go out and check it out at least once in your life. I got to be honest. I've, I've, I've tried to be a – I've even offered up my services as like a production assistant because they broadcast live from there, you know. So I'm just like, hey, man, what, what's up? Can, can my shift get broadcasted live from down there as well? But – Nope, not yet. We're working it on that. Sounds like Adam. your kind of vibe, Gabe. I, I, I'm thinking you'll you'll do well whenever you go to. I'm, I'm a t-shirt at the Circa swim kind of a guy, so I don't know if it's my vibe. Uh, Adam, uh, my vibe most certainly is is much better today because the Bears uh, got the victory on Sunday, and you know, a lot of people in Chicago just don't know how to feel, right? They yeah. they, they they watch this game. It's it's victory. It's with Tyson Bajan. It feels icky a little bit, but it feels good. And then like you don't know where you stand as a fan and as an organization. Like, what was your takeaway after the Bears won in, in that fashion where a quarterback 
you know, like Tyson Bajant, plays like a game scot-free. No, I love it. I, I would never feel bad about that. I think that a lot of teams go out there and they can win without their starting quarterback, and I think that it's nothing to be ashamed of. I think it's something that you should embrace. You know, the NFL is set up that you're going to have to turn to your backup at some point. Like Cleveland had to go to P.J. Walker, who is a former Bears quarterback, uh, had to go out there and do their thing. And um, at the same time, you know, like that's just sometimes the way you need to win. Hey, by the way, wear a helmet. Sorry, my son's trying to ride off without a helmet. And I, just, <laughs> I, can't, I, gotta, I still got to lay down the law when I'm dropping some analysis. But I would, I would be – I'm bummed out that anybody feels like they can't cheer for this. Like Justin Fields was out there cheering, even though he was the guy who was not starting. He was supporting, and I think that it's something that they've talked about. And as a matter of fact, not to promote my own podcast, but I just got done talking with Tyson, and we, we mentioned that. Like Tyson – or. Justin was right there for him. This sometimes it takes all 53 guys. And when our backup quarterback needs to go in there and win, he's going to go in there and win. And I don't think that it's a damnation on, on Justin or anything like that. We just needed a victory and we got it. We've won two out of three and we've got a very winnable game against the chargers this week. Like, let's go. This is, this is a good time. Adam, you're, Obviously, unabashedly, a very passionate fan of of this squad, and I feel like for you to be able to impart some perspective on people, because it's one thing for me, I'm, I'm a little bit dispassionate. As much as I, you know, I care, it's a great thing for business when the Bears are doing well. I'm a little more dispassionate than than Gabe is in his approach, and a lot of folks are in theirs. Your passion just kind of shines through anytime you're on the air. So, but it sounds like you maintained a little perspective. Like it's a good thing that the Bears won. It's nice and Tyson Bajan played well. It's a great story. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be this Tyson versus Justin sort of saga that some folks are immediately turning it into. So, how would you sort of encapsulate the perspective that that might seem fitting for for what we just experienced over the weekend? And I don't know that Justin's going to be back for a couple of weeks anyway, so we're going to get a chance to keep watching it probably. Exactly. Growing up, there was this band that was very popular because I'm a little bit older uh, named Van Halen, ah. and when David Lee Roth was the lead singer. And when Sammy Hagar was the lead singer, it was two different bands. But you know what? They both made great music. And as long as they're making great music, I don't have any argument. I don't need to – you don't have to be a stand one way or the other. You can enjoy both of them. And I think that's the way most Bears fans should be. Now, obviously, Ryan Poles is going to have a dis, uh, business decision to make at the end of the season. And we'll let him make it. Like, it doesn't need to be made today. Like, it's not like a Halloween costume where we've got to decide right now this is a post-New Year's <laughs> resolution thing, and Justin's going to get his opportunity to go out there and, and either prove or disprove or, or make his case of why he should be the Bears quarterback of the future. And even thinking about things like draft position, we still don't know. Now, obviously, Carolina being 0-5 is kind of a wild card in there. But at the same time, let's watch this team develop because, again, I look at what happened last week. And what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, the defense that's all of a sudden starting to play a lot better. The Bears last season were 32nd in rushing defense. Now they're fifth. You know, they're, they're showing improvement. And I think that this is a team that, much similar to what the Lions could go on a mini run, perhaps reel off a couple of victories. And then what do you do? So why not enjoy the process? Instead of trying to fast forward, to January of 2024, why don't we just enjoy October of 2023 
and see what the Bears can do this weekend against the uh, L.A. Chargers. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Happy Monday vibes whenever I can get them, Adam. And I think everyone else should should be living in that same kind of a space. We're talking to Adam Rank, NFL analyst with the NFL Network, and you heard him mention uh, Tyson Bajan being on his podcast. Make sure you guys go ahead and sign up for that. Get the, all the alerts, the Sick Podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Adam Rank. One thing I took away from the game, Adam, was was the actual scheme that was drawn up for the for the game, right? The game plan for Sunday it was very much, you know, run heavy. You saw Deontay Foreman get 16 carries. Darrington Evans hover right around that range. And then, you know, put him in third and manageables. I, I'm curious why that hasn't been the case because we haven't seen the run game dominate the offense that much for the Chicago Bears. Why hasn't that been the case uh, with, with, with Justin Fields in the beginning of the season? Well, I think, I mean, we've had success running the football. I mean, they ran well against the Denver Broncos when it was, you know, when it was provided upon them. I thought that, I thought that Minnesota played pretty well defensively. And I think that, you know, witnessing what Minnesota was able to do on Monday night against the 49ers, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe Brian Flores is starting to get that, that defensive front shaped up for the Minnesota Vikings. So I could kind of, I could kind of blow past that. And, you know, the, the, the commanders, have a tremendous front four, which again would require you probably want to throw the ball against the commanders. If you if you've watched the commanders play, you're like, okay, your best bet of moving the football is throwing it. What they did with the Raiders, I think when you have a player in the caliber of Max Crosby, you try to negate him by running the football and it was successful, so they stuck with it. I I again I I've had this discussion with Bears fans. It's like, do we not think that Justin Fields would have destroyed that I, I really do believe that Justin would have destroyed that team as well. And he might've gotten more passing touchdowns like Tyson kind of like it, it was unfortunate for him because DJ that should have been a touchdown, but unfortunately he stepped out. Mercedes Lewis couldn't quite make it to the end zone. We were very close to having Tyson Bajan have three touchdown passes. And again, the conversation shifts a little bit, but I, I did not watch that game and think like, thank God Justin's not here because it was clear to me Justin Fields would have also smoked that defense. So I don't, I don't take that as a negative. I just think that they, they took what was given to them. The Raiders don't stop anybody on the ground, and that's that. Adam Rank with us here on 670 to score. The, the storyline that stood out to me as it relates to the, the future of the Chicago Bears, and I feel like it's probably going to get ramped up a bit here on Sunday Night Football, is Jalen Johnson having such a big day and have multiple interceptions, yeah. a pick six, and that's that's kind of the main thing that misses from his resume because everyone knows he can cover. All the numbers seem to indicate that. A lot of teams just even avoid throwing it to his side of the field. But even in college, he's never been a big interception guy, and that's a part of what DBs, especially corners, get paid based off of. And so you got Sunday Night Football coming up here, and I'm picturing like a Rod Tidwell type of showcase yeah. here where, you know, he's going to have a big moment. He's going to climb up into the stands. And he's going to talk about the Quan in a post-game interview. How big of a deal do you think it is for the Bears and, and Jalen Johnson, especially for me, juxtaposing it with how things played out with Roquan Smith last year? Should there be a level of concern? Or what curiosity do you have as it relates to Jalen Johnson in negotiations with the Bears? I have a good feeling about it. I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of cap space, and I think that Ryan Pohl showed by locking up uh, Cole Komet that he's he's willing to be proactive in this. Like he didn't throw money around just to throw money around. He was very judicious. He saw an opportunity with Cole Komet. He took it. 
I feel very confident he'll do the same thing with Jalen Johnson. I mean, I'm sitting here when you watch like Khalil Mack and Bobby Quinn get dealt away like that. That's fine. Like, you know what? Those are older players. Roquan Smith was a little bit different. I thought that his ask was a little much. I think Jalen Johnson's different. I, I think that he, he fits in well here with the team. He's a great vibe player. And I think he's going to get locked in and he's, he's going to get it done. And, you know, listen, I'm not above, you know, sending a text to my friend Chris Collinsworth, who I'm hopefully going to meet up with this weekend and be like, hey, by the way, like, how good is Jalen Johnson? Like, that's, that's a pretty good player right there. That's, that's not above me. That's, I'm, that's below. That's me. That's, that's very on brand for me. So hopefully when I get an opportunity to talk to Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be sure to casually mention, like, as, as fun as it is talking about Tyson Bajan, like Jalen Johnson is probably a, a just as big a story here for the Chicago Bear fans. Yeah, I thought he, I, I, we've been talking about it as such. It was really cool to see him get that opportunity. And, of course, you can listen to Jalen Johnson every Monday here on 670, the score with Parkins and Spiegel. Is that right? Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, man, every Monday. So it was actually it was really cool, Adam. So Monday we get DJ Moore at 8 o'clock, and then we get Jalen Johnson at 5. Yeah. So it's like – some pretty heavy hitters, right. uh, and Olin Kruitz as well. Yeah, that's pretty seven. good. So it's a good, good football Monday here. That's, a, that's a nice lineup. That's very good. <laughs> that is, actually. And for anybody who wants to listen to Tyler Scott, I got him on Tuesday. So, <laughs> See, you know. We, I like this. We're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the side stage of Lollapalooza, but that's okay. We're hey, still there. We're still get, the get, Hey, we still get a check. You know, we still get paid. Everybody's <laughs> feeling good at the side stage as well. Uh, Adam, talk to me about this, this Bears team, and, and, and I know you're enjoying them in the present, right? And you want fans to enjoy the team in the present as well. And I think that's fine. But the fact of the matter remains is that, you know, fans are still out making their their final decisions on the quarterback position as well in real time. And yeah. I think that, you know, they, they're they're leaning a little bit more on the argument of inconsistency when it comes to Justin Fields. What what would you say to them um, who, who are trying to make an argument for or against Justin Fields, you know, to be that quarterback for the Bears? You know what? I, I think it's fair to have criticism – of the quarterback and things that you want to see him clean up. And I thought that the two games against Denver and Washington were steps in the, in the right direction. And the first couple of quarters against Minnesota were a little bit of a regression and he did not look as sharp as he had done the previous week. And unfortunately I, I, I still feel too, what, what I really wanted to see out of Justin is one of those games where he's not playing well, and then he finds a way to make it happen at the end because the Vikings, of course, are playing in all these one-score games. And even us, like even with Tyson, like he had a chance at the end of that game against the Vikings to go out there and win it. And I felt like, you know, Justin had turned a corner. Like that was the one – I think that was the one thing that I wanted to see. Like I wanted to see a signature play. Like I want Justin to win a game or at least put a game away for us. He did that against the Commanders. You're like, okay, that's perfect. He was playing poorly. He was not playing well against the Vikings. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. We all, saw, we, all have, we all have eyes. We saw it. He was not playing well against them. But I kept thinking, I'm like, you know what? Like, this game's close. Like, if Justin can fight, like, this is now the thing, like, I want to see next out of Justin is where you're not playing well. We see it out of Patrick Mahomes and a lot of the elite-level quarterbacks. We're like, God, this guy's not playing well for three quarters. And then, boom, fourth quarter, he puts the game away. I want that from Justin. So I think that. You know, obviously we didn't see it. We're not going to see it for a couple of weeks till he returns to action. But it's fair to have that kind of question. Like, we do want to see these progressions. Like, it is, it is a bit like there's not a bigger Justin Fields fan in the world than me. There just isn't. 
But at the same time, I can be realistic and say he has to start showing me that he can do it, that he can do the job. He needs to start rewarding our faith. And I think that's totally fair. But at the same time, you shouldn't be doing mock drafts right now. You shouldn't order a Caleb Williams jersey. Like, it's fun. No, let it, let, let, the, let the season play out. Like, why are we rushing through life all the time? Like, why do we have to stream everything in one evening? Why don't you take an opportunity to enjoy what's going on? I was watching Ted Lasso not too long ago before the season derailed it. But, like, I found this episode. It was in season three, the game where they're in Amsterdam. I love that episode so much. I actually watched it three times in a row before I moved on. It's like, you know what? Sometimes it's fine to sit there and enjoy some things. You don't have to rush through it all. So let's let the quarterback process play out. In January, we will have these. It's like when the kids were like, hey, I want to make a Christmas list. Like, no, you haven't even gotten Halloween candy yet. Just settle down. We'll get there. Plenty of time for that. Uh, Bears fans trying to binge watch the quarterback saga play out here. Yeah, just take it a week at a time. This is what we have to they're do. Already, they're already jumping ahead to week 18. Like, stop it. We're <laughs> No, we're not there yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Back in the day, we'd have to wait from one week to the next, from one episode to the next. you remember that? Oh, it was ridiculous. Oh, my God. I forgot what it was like. Yeah, what it was like <laughs> to watch television like that. It was crazy. For for fantasy football players, which I've, of course plenty of them are tuned in right now, Gabe and I were talking about Deontay Foreman opening the show here. And I played him, got my three touchdowns, one oh, of my week. Oh, very nice. Shout out to the very game. Very nice. And so yeah. for him, especially against this defense they're going to face on Sunday Night Football with the Chargers, I mean, is he a big-time play this week coming off a career-tying high three-touchdown game? Again, this is, again, a lot of this was circumstance. Like, DJ Moore getting caught, you know, out of bounds. Mercedes Lewis not punching it in. This is when you trade him. Like, this is when you tell, like, somebody will see. Like, you get all the stat watchers who are just like, they don't watch the games. They don't understand the context of what's going on. Now, obviously, it worked out well for your fantasy team for anybody who started them. But, like, okay, like, you can flip that now. And then everybody who had him on the bench are going to rush out to, to add him. But I think that what we saw out of the Kansas City Chiefs this week against the Chargers is that you throw on this team and you can, you can, you can move the ball through the air against the Chargers. Like everybody, like I was sitting there on the show today and actually it might be going on right now. We recorded it in the morning. No, we're done. Okay. It's, it's off to you. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to pull back the illusion that our live show is on tape, but um, somebody was like, Oh, I'm, I'm playing the Chargers offense for sure. against this Bears defense. I'm like, do you have this correct? Do you not see the Chargers defense? The Chargers defense looks terrible. Um, I like the I like the Bears players. And so obviously DJ Moore is a must a must start. I think Cole Komet, uh, the Raiders did a nice job against him. I think he's gonna step up a little bit, but my guy Tyler Scott. Like listen, if you're in a season long league, 10, 12 team league, don't don't go pick up Tyler Scott. That's not what I'm telling you to do. But if you are uh, one of those people who likes to dabble in DFS, well, I love Tyler Scott this week. He certainly proved that he can get a bunch of targets from Tyson Bajan, someone who who obviously built, he built a relationship with in, in the training camp uh, season for the Bears. They're hey. buddies. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're buddies. Of like, course. that's how he came on the show. Like, they're friends. Like, that, that's that's a legitimate thing. I need to I need to get your booking guys' uh, information. You guys, it's pretty good right now. Locking up some guests for you, Adam. Hey, thanks for, right? thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Tyler Sky. is going to be on there Tuesday. Tyson Bajan's already on there. The Sick Podcast. Uh, with Adam Rank, and make sure you follow him again on Twitter at Adam Rank. Ah, it's good stuff. Adam does have good energy, right, Ant? Oh yeah, he's a guy no that, doubt, that man. 
you like you you want to watch the game with him. Play, but yeah. he might he might throw something at the TV because he's, <laughs> he's emotionally invested in the Bears the way I am too. So. You think he'll be one of those guys posting a video if things don't go right where he like smashes the TV with yeah. a golf club, yeah, or something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. or maybe just like yeah yeah I don't even want to go deeper than that. But yeah, that's that's what it is. Uh, and I wanted to do something with you on the other side. Um, okay. You know, obviously Tyson Bagent, Justin mm-hmm. Fields, another team where you know there's a one-two quarterback situation going on. But but the Bears aren't the only team in the NFL where that's happening. Oh, really? So I wanted to play the quarterback carousel game and, and go through some teams who are dealing with, you know, the one-two dilemma and see which of the two you'd prefer. All right. Cool? Let's, All right. Yeah, let's do it. A quarterback carousel happening on the other side with me, Gabe Ramirez, and him, Anthony Heron, next on 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Bears dealing with a quarterback carousel, which once included P.J. Walker. Tyson Bajan is taking over quarterback position, and Justin Fields is there too. But what about the rest of the league? Bears aren't the only team dealing with it. And so I wanted to get Ant's opinion on some guys that are out there. And uh, some of them are obvious, but, but and I want you to be thinking deeper than just surface level, right? Like, you know, yeah. what this team could maybe, it might be best if the team used person B instead of A. You never know. Or maybe A instead of B. All right, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start easy. Actually, this isn't easy. Um, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke from Atlanta. I think Desmond Ritter. People are just. I mean, they, they they can't stop talking about Justin Fields because of how bad Desmond Ritter is playing. And I mean, you get it, right? You can't. You can't. Sometimes you can't duplicate the success you had in college. It's just not as easy. And Desmond Ritter is dealing with that. But Taylor Heineke, he had. You know. He had a little bit of success. Maybe they need a Tyson Bajan-esque change where, you know, they have someone that can just operate the offense instead of uh, making them the reason why they're losing. Yeah, I think uh, for where the Falcons are as a franchise, they, they need to they need to sit around, keep putting game plans together, keep trying to find what fits Desmond Ritter and give him every chance to succeed. And if he doesn't succeed, then you move on. I mean, you know, Taylor Heineke, I, I think he will be – He'll be in the NFL for a long time. He will be a Brian Hoyer-esque quarterback, mm-hmm. a perhaps I'd say even beyond I was gonna say maybe a Chase Daniel-esque quarterback, but I think he'll be he's beyond a Chase Daniel. Like Brian Hoyer's beyond a Chase Daniel. He started a bunch of games in his career. Uh Taylor Heineke, I think, will be Brian Hoyer-esque, but he's not the future of your, your program as a quarterback. Desmond Ritter has that potential to be that. You still believe that? I mean, he's in his second year. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, you know, I, I think we're, you know, we're, you know, I've talked about it before where I think people very quickly want kind of the finish line, the final answer, like either you are or you aren't. And if you aren't, like, proving yourself to be consistently great on a regular basis, then they just want to, like, move on really quickly or trade him or bench him. And it just it takes a long time for most people to establish consistency at quarterback in the National Football League. He's a second-year player, uh, third-round pick. I just, you know, I, I think Desmond Ritter has potential. Now, you know, I wasn't that high on him when he came out in the draft. He's frankly done a little bit more in just his by his second year and his time with the Falcons. He's had multiple 300-yard passing games, you know, number of multi-touchdown games. I, I didn't necessarily see that even in him when he came out of Cincinnati. So, I, you know, I think there's potential there. He's not on a team that's just rife with talent all over the place. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think for the moment the Falcons sticking with Ritter 
it at least allows that evaluation to be complete because the to have it be a question mark where you're making kind of you know knee jerk reactions and pulling him and putting him back in and pulling him and putting him back in, I think that kind of toys with a a quarterback's consistency and rhythm and yeah I'm I, I tend to be more patient with these things yeah I'm I'm good with sticking with Ritter in Atlanta for now. All right, we're doing our quarterback carousel here on six seventy the score. Gabriel Ramirez, Anthony Heron, just kind of putting some uh some quarterbacks up against each other that. I mean, maybe I like, some, there's I like some controversy. Game show music yeah, now. you know. Nice. Shout out Tyler Buterbaugh. He knows what he's doing over there without yeah. direction. Uh, I try. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones. Tyrod, obviously a professional quarterback. Right. Hasn't still hasn't really got the opportunity to have a full season under his belt, but you know he can get the job done. Um, and Daniel Jones just got the bag, the big bag. bag. People are upset that he got the bag too. Um, who who do you prefer in that situation? They've invested in Daniel Jones. And so just looking at it as if I were a Giants executive, then to me the answer would be more obvious. Now, they didn't make Daniel Jones the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, but he got legit money. You know, he, he definitely got the bag. So I think when he's healthy enough to return to the lineup, then you go back with him for now evaluate your cap, evaluate the future, your franchise, all those types of things, and just see what's going to make sense moving forward. I would say the difference between Daniel Jones and Desmond Ritter in the evaluation is Daniel Jones has been at this for a while. Daniel Jones is, is in, what, year six at this point? Something like just that. Just got the contract. So, you know, I think from a Giants sort of macro perspective, sticking with Daniel Jones is going to make sense, but – do I have high hopes for the greatness of Daniel Jones and what his continued development will look like? No. I think he's a guy who we've seen his ceiling as far as just how, how consistently he can perform at a high level. He's a guy who needs some good infrastructure around him. You're not putting the whole offense on his shoulders, those types of things, kind of Ryan Tannehill style. But, um, but on the whole, I wouldn't move on from him yet because I think it means a lot for the franchise before you do that because, frankly, We've seen the ceiling of Tyrod Taylor as well. You know, he's yeah. not some guy who's going to come in and lead you to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right. He's certainly somebody that, you know, can be a backup. But, you know, when the back's against the wall, you know, ugh, sometimes you're not going to get the best of another team if you have him other center. But who knows? Uh, continuing on with the quarterback carousel game here with Anthony Aaron and Gabe Ramirez. This guy hasn't started this year but, ha- but did last year. And I-, I wonder if by the end of the season he might have a couple more starts under his belt. I'm talking about – a different Jones, Mac Jones, and mm, Bailey Zappi. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Of those two, and I mean, do you think it's time for them to just say, hey, man, screw it. We're trying to get one of these new quarterbacks, Bailey Zappi, you're in. <laughs> like a tag team wrestling match. Is it Zappi time? So my wife is a Patriots fan. My wife is trying okay. to nurture our son into being a Patriots fan as well. The the useful thing I have is that we live in Chicago. He's surrounded by Chicago fandom. So I don't have to put a whole lot of effort in. I, I let her have that. I let her do her thing with him and try to turn him into a, a New England sports fan. <laughs> that being said, Mac Jones is I, – I, I thought there were limitations on Mac Jones when he came out in the draft. We see those at times. But he has also – he has flashed. He has shown an ability to quarterback at a high level at times. That That consistency, that's the thing that – tends to evade most guys coming into the league. You know, even on the broadcast the other day when they were talking about Brian Hoyer, they referenced like he had a stretch at one point in his career where he threw for over 300 yards four consecutive games with no touchdowns. Like, that is a big deal. 
Yeah. There's not a whole lot of humans walking the earth who've ever been able to do that. Brian Hoyer, of all people, have accomplished that. But putting a game together, putting a month together, putting a season together doesn't guarantee you a whole lot. Bears fans are seeing that still play out with Justin Fields. Patriots fans have certainly seen that with Mac Jones. But Bailey Zappi, while there have been moments of excitement, there have been you know, sort of individual games, individual drives where zappy time has really gotten everybody all excited in New England. He's not the answer yet either. But between the two options, since Zappy is an option who has been able to step in and, and show some things at a high level at times, he's still a really young player. I think there's some Taylor Heineke-esque excitement that can be there for the thought of like, all right, what can Bailey Zappy potentially become as we keep him on the roster? I wouldn't bench Mac Jones for him yet, but, you know, I'd have Mac Jones on a little bit of a short leash just in case because I don't really know that in in actual, like, ability to execute the position, I don't see a big difference, a big discernible difference between what Mac Jones brings to the table and what Bailey Zappi brings to the table. I'm trying to secure a top three pick, so I'm letting Bailey Zappi do his thing. Mac Jones. Oh, okay. Take time. Mac Jones, I thought, I thought I'd see you limping. He's like, I'm not limping. He's like, no, no, no. I think I see you limping. <laughs> Uh, go see the trainer. Go, <laughs> go visit the, the trainer, trainer Mac. Yeah. We'll tell you what's wrong with you. Uh, all right, last one before we get out, and this has to be the one that's that's here, that's in front of our face, and of course it is Tyson Bajant and Justin Fields. I Justin Fields. I, and but let me let me let me oh, say well, let something. Me let you finish question. Yeah, because I was talking to uh, earlier today. You know, walking the halls here at, right. at six seventy, the score, mm-hmm. and you know, there's some Bears fans that roam around, and Neil Fiorito, who, Justin Fields, who does traffic for WBBM AM. Uh-huh. He was trying to tell me how Justin Fields is going to get traded in a couple weeks. And I said, no, son, it's not going to happen. Justin Fields. And then he says to me, oh, I'm sorry. Then he goes, let's make a bet. I'll bet you. And I said, come on, bro. I don't want free anything. <laughs> I don't want free whatever it is. What's you about to donate to me? Right, exactly. Fiorino. And I, I tried to tell him, I don't even want this free stuff that you're going to. So he, he said a, a box of stands donuts. So, uh, oh. You can tell me what flavors you want while you're while you're telling me about this <laughs> Justin Fields thing. And shout out Neil, man. He's the he's, uh, he's actually super cool, man. I like him. now. There's a there's there's certainly a universe that exists. There's somewhere in the multiverse where Tyson Bajant as Bears starter, and I it won't shock me one bit if Tyson Bajant starts at least two more games. So there's every opportunity that Tyson Bajant will continue to stay out there, continue to be impressive. And who knows, the offense, if it keeps functioning at a high level and the Bears keep winning games, then maybe like Tom Brady style or Kurt Warner style. Maybe it's like, you know what, man, this guy came in here. We didn't know at first what to make of it, and he's kind of unheralded. And then suddenly just the team is just consistently functioning at a higher level, and we just got to stick with him. There's just too much momentum rolling with him in the lineup. That being said, I'm not yet in the corner where I predict that to be the case, not because I wasn't impressed with Tyson Bajan. I can get back into deeper detail on it later in the show. I was very impressed with Tyson Bajan grading him on a curve. Within the context of what he was tasked with performing, he did it very well. Also, with a dominant rushing attack and with one of the best defensive performances we've seen from the Bears over the last few seasons, let alone this season alone, Raiders didn't fire a shot. Raiders didn't get anything done against that Bears defense. So there, there was nothing that added additional pressure, additional scrutiny to Tyson Bajan's performance. And so he could play within himself, and he did so at a very high level for a rookie quarterback in his first career start. Commendable for Tyson Bajan, 
But I haven't seen anything that makes me think Tyson Bajant is ready to go out there, throw for three bills, pass for four touchdowns, run for over 100 yards, any of the things that we have seen Justin Fields capable of doing in his Bears career. And to be able to put a period on the end of the Justin Fields evaluation makes all the sense in the world to me that once he is healthy for the Bears to get him back behind center, and now you can feel like you have a more complete evaluation. And frankly, Daniel Jones style, Tua Tagovailoa style, you don't necessarily have to say that the evaluation is done at the end of this year. They got next season. They can pick up a fifth-year option. There's plenty of time. People want to get to the finish line in this somewhat rapid manner. And when you got a guy who has shown a ceiling and an ability as high as Justin Fields, to me, I'm more than willing to wait on that for a few more games once he's healthy. Well, we get the opportunity to continue that. And I do want to talk about Justin Fields' future with the team. Tyson Bajan's performance, and I want to circle back on Jalen Johnson as well. I think it's uh, it's good that we give him a little bit of time yeah. uh, here on the show because the man is just an absolute beast, and I think he's not getting enough credit even though he did have two interceptions, one for for six points. I will do that on the other side, and then at 720, we, we're going to talk a little Bulls basketball with Darnell Mayberry. He's going to hang out with us uh, in the 7 o'clock hour as well, but the show continues. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, live and local for you right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score.